This is Laura Deardo with the Becker's Dental Plus CSO podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Suzanne Ebert, Vice President of Dental Practice and Relationship Management at the ADA Business Innovation Group. Dr. Ebert, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. Things are so interesting in the dental space. But before we dive into our discussion, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Well, you know, I could probably take up about 30 minutes with that, but I'm not going to. (laughs) It's kind of funny because I feel like I'm on my third iteration of my dental career. I started off, uh, I had two small children when I started dental school. But when I graduated from dental school, I knew I wanted to start my own practice. So after doing a GPR, I went ahead and went into solo practice, uh, did a startup, did that for 11 years. And then as often happens, you know what, life happened. I had a, uh, a autoimmune condition and I had to get out of solo practice. So I sold that, but I was not ready to get out of dentistry because I love it so much. And I ended up going into the public health arena. And while I was doing that, I worked with senior dental students because we were the extramural rotation site. And it was a fabulous opportunity to get to know some of the young professionals that uh, that were up and coming at the time. And then I also was working at the Florida Dental Association. And I had worked my way up through the ranks and I was a trustee. So I had the privilege of working with our more established doctors, while at the same time working with our dental students. And it seems like they were kind of having two sides of the same problem. Our younger docs were saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know what my options are for entering practice. And some of my more mature colleagues were saying, well, I really would like to have somebody join my practice, but I have no idea how to do it. So when the American Dental Association decided to get involved in the practice transition space, I was really excited to talk with the CEO at the time, and lo and behold, I ended up coming on board with the ADA Business Innovation Group as the vice president. As a vice president, and it was really cool because I got to take something that was a problem on a very local or state level, and now we are a national service, and we have developed ADA practice transitions which is the ADA solution to dentists at all their career transition points. So that's how I got to where I am today. It's been a wild ride, but a lot of fun. Well, it sounds like an amazing career and what a great journey from your private practice into um, you know, working with both students and, and people who have uh, mature practices and then coming to the ADA as well. What has it been like for you to rise the ranks from the practitioner to Um, you know, the more administrative leader? And what's it like being a woman dental leader in the industry today? Well, it's, again, been a little bit of a change throughout my career. When I graduated, I really didn't even understand the resources that were available to me through the American Dental Association. And aside from being a member of the association, I really didn't participate much. It was when I got into the public health arena that I really started getting involved. And thank goodness I had a mentor who was very involved. She was actually a president of our local component. She was on the ADA board of um, delegate, board of delegation. And she was very also active in many other leadership capacities. And she kind of took me under her wing. I got to the point where I was a little bit afraid to answer the phone when she would call 
because I said, what are you going to get me into next? But having that mentorship and having another female who was a leader in the industry was so important to me. And it was so exciting to do it myself, to get involved in dental leadership, to become a trustee with my state, to be a legislative contact dentist, to speak on behalf of our association to the legislators themselves, and to lobby for funding for my public health clinic. It was a wonderful time. And then it was really strange when I got to see everything from the other side, because now I'm with the ADA as a staff person. So it has been, uh, oh goodness, it's, it's hard to say one word about how it has been as far as this career path and the leadership path has gone. But, you know, thank goodness for the mentors that I had along the way, both male and female. Absolutely. Was there any one or two pieces of advice that have been most crucial to you as you've gone through your career? I think I alluded to it earlier. It's really that finding a great mentor, having people who are willing to support you as you pursue these different paths, understanding that somebody else has been there before you. I get all the time from my students as they're talking about, what am I going to do? How can I pursue my dream? Because I want to raise a family. Mm. And it's gratifying to me to be able to say, you can do that. Let me share my story. Let me put you in contact with some of our dentists who have pursued career transitions and have done it beautifully. They have found great success. And they have been able to maintain that work-life balance that is just so important, I think, to all of our young doctors right now, all the young professionals coming out. Absolutely. I I think that makes a lot of sense and is really great to hear from you. Now, I know you also have a focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion in the dental field. How have you seen that evolve throughout your career? Well, obviously, we've got you know, a lot more women graduating from dental school now. We passed the 50% mark. So just watching the women come into the workforce, their strong ideas, their leadership skills are a bit different than the leadership skills of their male counterparts. And that's great. They are more likely to have more of a team approach to decision-making They've got a little bit more, you know, sometimes relying a little bit more on the emotional IQ to get things done. And those are things that are really valued right now in all workspaces, not just dental. So watching those qualities become more important in dentistry overall, I think has been really exciting for me. Absolutely. That is definitely a good sign and something that I know will continue to grow and develop. Now, I'm wondering, how can independent dentists attract and retain talent today? I know we talked a little bit about being able to match those who are looking for a private practice to those who are looking to take on a partner, but uh, what does that you know really, really take? I know it's a source of anxiety for a lot of dentists and especially smaller dental practices that want to maintain their independence. So, what do you see as being crucial for those organizations to attract um, new dentists and, and dental personnel into their practices? I think one of the things that our 
dentists who are trying to sell their practice, who want to get somebody to come into their practice need to understand is they really have to be able to look at their practice from an outsider's point of view. We have so many doctors who are retiring. The retirement age is actually lower than it's ever been right now. So there are a lot of practices out there that are kind of ripe for the picking, so to speak. They need our doctors, as they're looking at exiting practice, need to understand how to look at that practice from that younger doc's point of view, understanding that that younger dentist might not look the same as they do. That younger dentist might be a female who you know, doesn't want to have a heavy handpiece in her hand. I mean, think about that as far as a you know change that's going to happen in our industry, the way that uh, marketing is going to have to change to accommodate sometimes the smaller hand sizes. So just looking at the practice from an outsider's point of view, being able to understand that these doctors coming in might be really interested in having digital radiography. If you don't have digital radiography, maybe you need to update. Maybe you should take a step back and look at your systems. Make sure that all of your systems are solid. Make sure that you are absolutely ready to hand over the reins to somebody else. Explore your community. Find out how a new dentist can fit into that community. And really, again, emphasizing how can you have a great practice life and a great personal life in this practice. Again, so many of our young professionals right now are interested in work-life balance. They're graduating a little bit older than they used to. So many of them already have families. Explore your school systems, explore the parks, explore what all the recreational activities that are available. So find ways to entice them to come to your area because many of these practices are located a little bit off the beaten path. But that's, quite frankly, where a lot of people are moving right now. They're not staying necessarily in the urban environments. So find ways to attract them by looking at it from somebody else's point of view. Well, Dr. Ebert, that's a really great perspective on recruiting and retaining talent. Now, before we wrap up our discussion, I had one last question for you. What excites you most about the future of dentistry? There are so many things that excite me right now about the future of dentistry. Some of it is the changing technologies. Some of it is the ability to, you know, have more uh, evidence-based outcomes. So it can help with treatment planning. Also, we're seeing such a shift right now in the ethnic and diversity that's coming out of our dental schools. We're seeing women who are taking control of their careers. They're looking for ownership. Some of them are are looking for public health opportunities. It's really been an exciting time. The other thing that I really love to see is all of the doctors who are coming out of school with this great mindset of, I want to do what's right for my family and my career. They are looking for just the right practice opportunities, whether that be a DSO, whether that be 
uh, private practice, whether it be a small or large group practice model, there are so many different opportunities available to these docs. And they are taking control of this. They are looking to understand their options. They're looking to find just the right opportunity where they can become the dentist that they always wanted to be through dental school. You know, you have this idea of who you want to become when you're in dental school. And these docs are coming out and they have a very, they've got clear cut visions. And now there are so many more opportunities for them to be just the kind of dentist that they want to be. So it's really a great time right now to be a dentist. It's a great time to enter the profession. Dr. Ebert, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a fascinating discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you so much, Laura. This has been a wonderful opportunity, and I just thank you so much.